Write to be read podcast, episode number 152, the London Book Fair. Do you want to save time, avoid all the intimidating and frustrating details of book publishing, and publish your book in three weeks? If yes, then head on over to www.publishtobered.com and let's turn you into a published author. Published to be read, your one step from draft to published book. You are listening to the Right to Be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey there, and welcome to the Right to Be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. It's me, as always, Ani Alexander, and today we will have a solo episode. So I hope you're doing great. I hope that you keep writing. I hope that your projects are moving forward. I hope that everything is fine with you. And I really, as always, appreciate that you're listening to the podcast because I really, really need you guys since otherwise I don't think I will have the motivation to keep talking to the microphone like a crazy loony all alone by myself in here. So today's uh, gonna be a solo episode and today we will be talking about London Book Fair because the past few days I spent there and I'm really really excited about that. I was there for the first time and had no idea what to expect, but overall it was a really nice experience and I finally met few people I had interviewed before, so it was really super cool to finally see them in person. It was really nice to meet in person Mark Dawson, Joanna Pan, Ricardo Fayet from Ritzy and Dan Wood from Draft to Digital. And of course, I met new people and as a result, you will be having new interviews with very interesting guests coming up. So if you haven't done already, please make sure you subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, not to miss any of the upcoming cool content. So... I wanted to make today's episode about the London Book Fair and share my impressions and observations and takeaways from the time spent there because I think that it was really interesting and there have been few things that I really wanted to share with you. So this will be a bunch of different thoughts in not so structured format, but hopefully you like it nevertheless and hopefully it will give you some insights about what's going on in London Book Fair. What is the London Book Fair? The London Book Fair this year celebrated its 45th anniversary. It's the world's leading publishing event, the global marketplace for rights negotiation and the sale and distribution of content across print, audio, TV, film and digital channels. It had 25,000 publishing professionals from over 120 four countries. So as you can see, it was huge. So now let me share with you the impressions that I've got from that event where I spent about two full days. Impression number one, self-publishing's place. The London Book Fair was held at Olympia, which was built at 1886. Its starting buildings had 
unique atmosphere and unique and forgettable settings for events, exhibitions and conferences. So the place was really huge, so huge that you may get overwhelmed and have no clue where to go. So I even lost the cloakroom at the end of the day and I was risking going back home without my coat. It took me about 25 minutes to finally find that place and get it. And the funny thing is, well, the cloakroom was a minute away from the place I started the search. So anyway, I think you'll be more interested in self-publishing than in my code. So let's get to the topic. On the fair, I realized how self-publishing was perceived in the industry. As I said, that place was huge but the vast majority of exhibitors were from the traditional publishing industry. So, all self-publishing related boots, and when I say all, I mean only three, because there were only Amazon, Kobo, and Draft2Digital, as far as I know, they all were put in the furthest possible corner, at the very end of the floor, completely isolated from the main hall. The fact itself illustrated that self-publishing was still not considered a serious player in the publishing industry and is completely ignored by the traditional publishers. In fact, the whole place was centered on the printing books and the digital solutions were not highlighted at all. So besides that, by walking through the few booths of the traditional publishers and asking different questions, I realized that the traditional publishers have been ignoring the existence of the self-publishing solutions so much that they did not even have basic knowledge about those. But, well, I'd love to see what will happen and what will be the situation at the same London Book Fair in, let's say, 5 or 10 years. Impression number 2. Books. Well, being a book lover, it was amazing seeing so many different books at one place. Colorful, different shapes and genres, good quality books everywhere. Like, everywhere you looked, you could see loads of books very nice ones. But you can only imagine how disappointed I was to find out that all those books were only there to be looked at. Oh, and you could touch them too, of course. But no one was giving away any books and you could not buy anything from them. So my initial plan of bringing home new reads did not work and the next day I went back with a much smaller bag. Impression number three the author HQ. Amazon had a space within that far away self-publishing corner I mentioned, where it had its author headquarters. There it organized different panels and discussions where Amazon's successful independent authors were featured. The authors stayed after their session to interact with the audience and answer their questions. So that place was very dynamic and always full. People were even sitting on the floors to hear the sessions by the authors because there were no enough space to sit. And that made a big contrast compared to the half-empty and boring booths in the main hall of traditional publishers. And even the people in that author headquarters were different. The dress code was more casual, there were indie writers with beards, tattoos and crazy shoes, and the atmosphere was really 
non-official, people were very relaxed and friendly, so it was completely different picture there. And this whole difference was very similar to the corporate life versus entrepreneurship. The normal people who thought they were more legit and reputable in the main hall and more prestigious space, and the cool people who were more fun, independent and creative at the author's headquarters. So I think you can guess where I spent most of the time at the fair, right? Okay, so impression number four, writing is part of the author. So when I spoke to the authors and listened to their sessions, it became obvious that writing was integrated part of their life and their personality. It was their passion, it was their lifestyle, it was their business and part of who they are. They had the writing in their daily routine and you could not imagine those people not writing or not reading. They were trapped in what they had chosen. And in a good way, of course. Impression number five, writing success. When I was listening to the successful independent writers such as Joanna Pan, Mark Dawson and Rachel Abbott, I found one similarity there. All three of them had corporate pasts and used their business mindset in marketing their books and putting their author brands out there. So none of them wrote and waited to be discovered. All of them treated writing and their books as business. All of them made a plan and worked hard to make things happen. As opposed to many fiction writers who consider their writing being art and shy away from marketing, the successful authors balanced well their creative processes and the promotional efforts. Impression number six, don't give up. Rachel Abbott has sold over two million books already and she's completely independent self-published from the very start. And guess what was her initial target? 1,000 copies. Mark Dawson confessed that when he put his first book on Amazon in the first month, he sold one or two copies only. And this is the same person who made almost half a million dollars last year from his book sales. So what did they do besides creating the business plan I mentioned before? Well, they did not give up. I'm sure the road was not very smooth and they must have felt like giving up at least once. But they haven't. And that made all the difference. (laughs) Wow, the last part sounded like Robert Frost's poem, The Road Less Traveled. Anyway, well, I guess that's like sort of the most impressive things that I've got from there. Uh, As I said, you will be getting loads of new interviews coming up uh, because I met really interesting people. I saw some interesting projects that I would like to talk to you about on upcoming episodes. So we will be covering loads of cool stuff. I'm also thinking about coming up with a place where the listeners will be gathering and where I will be helping you with your book projects and we will be interacting and having more active thing going on because the Facebook group is not working as well as I would like to. So keep tuned and most probably we will have a place to sort of, you know, 
have more intimate relationship together and come up with better options of interaction and engaging with each other. And until then, I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast. I hope that you will leave a review on iTunes for the podcast because it really helps it grow and it really helps me with reaching out more people and encouraging and inspiring more people. And meanwhile, I hope you will keep writing and one day, why not even the next year's London Book Fair, I'll meet you at the author's panel on the stage, you discussing and talking about your success. Keep writing and take care.